Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, Do you not know now what I am doing? But later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you will have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet. It is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet and put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. On this holy night, the night before our Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross, he spent it with his beloved disciples. 
We are not able to come together at this time to commemorate the Last Supper, to take the Eucharist in its physical form for the last time before Easter. But we are with each other in spirit and in love. I miss you all and yearn for the time when we can all be together again and to share the peace by touching and hugging. I miss you all and pray that you are all well and safe. Richard Rohr is an American author, spiritual writer, and Franciscan friar. He writes daily meditations and sends them out via email. Last week, he wrote a series of meditations based on what he believes to be universal truths. At first glance, these universal truths seem dismal, depressing even. But in the light of the coronavirus, I think examining these truths might be helpful. The first universal truth, life is hard. If we didn't know it before, we know it now. Social isolation, wearing masks when we go out, people getting sick and dying. Life is hard right now. It is harder for some than for others. For some of us, this thing we are dealing with is a mere inconvenience. For others, it is a matter of life and death of job security, or having enough to eat. The first reading this evening from Exodus describes the first Passover. Moses is telling the Israelites to kill a lamb and put his blood over their door so the angel of death will pass over their household. The Israelites have been in slavery in Egypt for a long time. Their life has been difficult and they cry out to God to liberate them from this difficult life. When God calls Moses to lead the people out of Egypt through the Red Sea to freedom, the people of God think their hard life is over. But they soon discover life is still hard. There is not enough food or water in the desert. It is hot in the daytime and cold at night. Life is so difficult that many of them wish they were back in Egypt, even as slaves. At least they had enough to eat. The disciples are with Jesus in the upper room, eating a meal. Their lives haven't been exactly easy the last three years as they followed Jesus around the countryside. But unbeknownst to them, their life is about to get a whole lot harder. Their leader is about to die, they will fear for their lives, and most of them will die martyrs. When this virus is over, life is still going to be hard. But the good news for the Israelites, for Jesus' disciples, and for us, is that God is always with us. God is with us in our difficult journey we call life. God is with us when we have moments and seasons of joy, and God is with us when a deadly virus surrounds us on all sides. And God will still be with us when this danger is past. The second universal truth is life isn't about us. It has always been difficult for me to believe that I am not the center of the universe, that the world doesn't revolve around me. Part of this is human nature. Part of this comes from my mother's constant question while we were growing up, what will the neighbors think? 
In reality, the neighbors were probably not thinking about us at all. Life isn't about us. It is about God. As Richard Rohr puts it, life is about a willingness to participate in a greater mystery. He says at this time of crisis, we participate by not rejecting or running from what is happening, but by accepting our current situation and asking God to be with us in it. Rohr says our lives are about allowing life, both the good and the bad, to be done to us. The disciples, through the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, learned that life was not about them, about their fears and their doubts, but rather life is about the risen Christ and how their lives could further God's kingdom here on earth. Our lives are about following the risen Christ, loving God, loving others, and changing the world. The third universal truth is we are not important. This is probably the strangest one and the hardest one to get our minds around. Of course, each one of us is important. Those of us who have children or grandchildren tell them every day how important they are, how valued they are. But when Richard Rohr says that we are not important, he is talking about our ego, our small self as he puts it. Jesus is always putting down the Jewish leaders who consider themselves so pious, who consider themselves so important. Jesus uses the example of the rich man who puts so much money into the temple treasury versus the old woman who puts in a single coin. Jesus is essentially asking which person is most important. Most of us won't be remembered 100 years from now. Almost none of the Israelites who left Egypt, including Moses, made it to the promised land. They just, just weren't important. And yet, at the same time, we know that God counts every hair on our head, that we are loved unconditionally. The only reason Jesus could tell the rulers of his day, and by extension, our own flawed egos, that we are not important, is because he proclaims from the cross our infinite and unearned value. Our ego is not important, but our authentic self is. And during this time of fear, loneliness, and isolation, perhaps we can begin to live more into our authentic self, putting aside those things that seemed so important a month ago and focusing on what makes us real, what makes us beloved children of God. The fourth universal truth, we are not in control. On some level, we all know this, but most of us still live our lives as though we are. We think if we save enough money, if we get a good education, if we work hard, if we eat healthy and exercise, our lives will be good and nothing bad will happen. And then the coronavirus hits and all bets are off. The Israelites try to control things by building a golden calf to worship when Moses is gone too long getting the Ten Commandments from God on the mountain. Judith, Judas tries to control Jesus by betraying him. He was trying to force Jesus to become the warrior king he, he was expecting. He thought he was hoping to bring about a revolution. Peter says to Jesus, <clears throat> Are you not going, 
sorry, Peter says to Jesus, you are not going to wash my feet. When Jesus responds, unless I wash you, you have no share with me, Peter says, then wash all of me. Peter is trying to control the moment. During this time of uncertainty, we can accept that we are not in charge. We can practice patience, something the Israelites were unwilling to do. We can stop telling God what to do as though we somehow know what is best. We can't control what is happening, but we can control our reactions to it. And finally, the fifth universal truth, we are all going to die. Although we all know this intellectually, we avoid thinking about death as much as we can. As Richard Rohr says, death in any form is perceived as a great human enemy. We construct most of our lives to avoid it, delay it, and deny it. Peter tries to not deny that Jesus was headed to death on the cross, and Jesus replies, get behind me, Satan. It is normal for us to fear death because we don't really know what comes next. But right now, death is staring us all in the face. People we know are going to die from the coronavirus. It might even be one of us, or even worse, someone we love dearly. It is scary. Perhaps all we can do is acknowledge our fear, embrace the truth. We are mortals, and we are all going to die. But after embracing and acknowledging death, we can focus on what Jesus tells us in tonight's gospel. I give you a new commandment to love one another. Richard Rohr says, love is both who we are and who we are becoming. Love is all that remains. Love and life are finally the same thing. And we know that for ourselves, once we have walked through death. We are all facing various kinds of death right now, but death is temporary. Love is eternal. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, it is love alone that lasts. Love is stronger than death. That is the message of the resurrection. Whether we live or whether we die, death is temporary. God's love is eternal. And we can share that eternal love as we love one another. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org. And peace be with you.